We are feelers, thinkers, musicians, writers, lovers, activists, and nerds. Experience the warmth and comfort of being a part of a long conversation with old friends while also feeling like you're about five ads deep into some clickbait. Every week-ish, we'll be here and emotionally available to you. I'm Nivedan Singh, and this is Emotionally Available, a podcast. Oh, yeah, I was in My Bloody Wallet. (laughs) (laughs) My Bloody Wallet. Totally made up scene band name. Like, I don't know. Let's throw a few out. Uh, With our hit single, Baltic Avenue. (laughs) You just need to have a song. The Killer Sandal Club. And we (laughs) sang Quitter for My Stars. (laughs) Sunset Rollerblade Gang, I think would be a good... Emo band name. Kiss me morning, Tide. <laughs> Tide pod dessert. You said to me. <laughs> you said to me a couple weeks ago. You were like, cake segment would be a great band name because I put up a story about how I did a, a cake segment on TV, and I was like, damn, that's when we inevitably start a a band. It's gonna be called cake segment. If you're in it, it's got to be called cake segment. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> oh, man. So, what's the news of the week? Anything going on? Well, we did a photo shoot just now. We just did with our friend Serial Kyler. Serial Kyler on Instagram. Look him up. That's the word Serial. K-Y-L-E-R, I believe. E-R, yep. And he came over and made our faces right for the camera and got some lighting going. and Stole our souls with his camera. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. So we'll see if the photos made it worth it. He's a great guy. He's very cool. That was the best part of the whole thing is that we were getting these beautiful photos, but also having a great time. Serial Kyler of Alice Cooper fame, touring photographer. So I asked him specifically, though, while you were inside what he does, and I guess he's actually his like management assistant. So he's kind of like his left or right hand man, whatever the expression is, and does his daily stuff well and then he's also the photographer um documentarian for him and what a life that must be so i'm gonna say that he and i were in the same place at one time uh figuratively four years ago like you've met him before really maybe i i did a show uh, a live show Mm -hmm. doing doing sound for Hollywood Vampires, which is Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and uh, another guitarist that I don't remember the name of. I was just going to say Hollywood Vampires, real or fake band name. Real band name, but Alice Cooper (laughs) is the front man. Like actual Johnny, sexy Johnny Depp? Yeah, it's Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper sings, and then the guitarist from maybe Aerosmith, maybe? Joe Perry. Oh, shit. Maybe, yeah. Well, no, because Joe Perry and get... Because they're friends, right? I'm guessing that we were in the same place at the same time. You did a live he was live for sound. them? Yeah. We we did Stacks and Racks. Stacks and Racks, baby. <laughs> it's what? Like the line erase. This is that real music we were talking about? Yeah. yeah. Remember like Stacks getting paid and for, for our work. Rack yeah. City. <laughs> well. I'm going to bring it up. All I can hear time. in this whole thing is that you met Johnny Depp. 
I I will say that I did put his microphone onto his mic stand. Does he so. look like that in real life? Yeah. Oh my god. But even like he was even like more Johnny Depp than you think. <laughs> uh, well, like you think of Johnny Depp. Sure. He was even more that. You get what I mean? Yeah. Damn. What did he smell like? Good uh, question. They didn't let me get that close. I wouldn't let you get that close either, Taylor. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> wow. We've so got some photos taken. Yeah. Um, Kyler said that he would text me when he's going to fire. Oh, yep. Go for fire. What does that mean? Yeah. Do you hear it? That's his van. He said, <laughs> about to fire this bitch up. And I said, go for fire. Oh, yeah. He also lives and works out of a VW van. It's so cool. Yeah. It was in my driveway for a long time today, and I felt very cool. When I noticed you pulled up adequately for him to be fully in the driveway behind your car, which anytime I've come here, my car is still always in the sidewalk. So I, now I know. I did move the trash cans for him. I don't move them for you. That's why. Gotcha. I'll take that. I'm not offended. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know there were tears of... The circumstances felt y- desperate. No, no. Good. I mean, that's a big-ass VW van. And it's a mobile home. Yet he has a house that he lives in and rents out to people. What a guy. <laughs> I want to learn everything about him. But uh, everyone's been asking to come on this podcast. And, and by everyone, we mean roughly 20 people. But like that's... Roughly 20 people wanting to be on your podcast is very funny. In the first week, In the first week. <laughs> I don't have that many friends, so I think it's impressive. <laughs> Half of them are in the room right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, not to date ourselves, but we did put the podcast out into the world this week. And not I've... to date ourselves. I would love to date myself. <laughs> <laughs> Such a doofus. Um... God, that's it. Let's stop the podcast. Let's cancel it. No, but it's been really cool to hear that people actually are entertained and like hearing us talk. I'm so excited by it. Someone the other day texted me and said... I was debating texting this girl that I was reconnecting with from high school. Um, I was debating calling or texting her. Your friend who texted you was saying that he had reconnected with a girl he had known in high school, was debating on how to proceed in their newfound relationship, and appreciated listening to us debate uh, phone etiquette because it kind of informed how he was going to contact her and all i can say to that is please don't take our advice (laughs) (laughs) like Like, this is a thought experiment like do not go forth with anything we say with confidence and intention (laughs) please do not take our advice like 100 percent literally we are not licensed podcasters (laughs) we're not licensed podcasters we're barely adults Take it all with a grain of salt. Um, We're joking. We're joking, but we're kind of serious. But if you only knew what our actual lives are like. Do as we say, not as we do. Absolutely. That is is undoubtedly. your, Your resident mom and dad friend here to remind you to do as we say, not as we do. We don't mind being your podcast parents. We don't mind that. But 
as with my children in the future, I will be very clear that you should do as I say, not as I do. Even the stuff that I say, maybe don't do that either. I love you very much. And so does your mom, Taylor Swift. Well, I once heard the advice that you have to give people the dignity of their own experience. And I thought that was so beautifully put because... I love that. My mother absolutely to this day cannot give me the dignity of my own experience and tries... This is not news to her. Like, I've called her out on this. And I think this is a very typical parental thing or even like a friend thing, right? That you want to ensure that nobody's going to be inconvenienced or pushed to an emotional extreme of sadness or anger or whatever from a certain doing. And so you try to protect them around it. But there is something inherently beautiful, even if in the moment it feels chaotic and emotionally intense, but people need to have their own experience to glean from those experiences what they personally need from them. That's beautiful. But (laughs) that said, we've, have we had personal experiences that were chaotic in the moment, but in retrospect were necessary and beautiful in their own way? Yeah. We've done what we've needed to do to make it this far and we're here. Fair. And now we're podcasting about it. And now we're podcasting about it. Everyone is on their own journey. We are on ours. You are on yours. If we can be a part of that in any way, we're here for you. (laughs) All aboard. Guys, do we know what we're talking about tonight? What are we talking about tonight? (laughs) So speaking of... Desperate. Desperate was the word. Desperate. It's on the whiteboard, Sarah. (laughs) Well, I was confused because you got a new whiteboard and it's so big. (laughs) And I was looking for Taylor's small whiteboard. We got the big one so you can see it better. It's got magnets on it. I like Taylor's. It's just small and it's black and white. Am I losing the whiteboard wars? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Mine is so much bigger and more impressive than yours. I thought it was a serious, like... We had no prior discussion about Taylor's whiteboard being insufficient. And then out of nowhere, hour before we arrived tonight, you're like, hey, guys, check out the new whiteboard. It's like, what kind of power move are you wielding? I just didn't want Taylor to have to keep carting his whiteboard back and forth, back and forth. Right, right, right. It fits in my mic bag. It does fit in your mic bag, but this one could just be here. It could be a resident whiteboard. But maybe I wanted a whiteboard for my own activities, for my own doodlings and scribblings. <laughs> Our first. I think the topic that we're trying to introduce is desperate, embarrassing things that you have done to impress your crush. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've called someone my crush, but all right. I don't know. I just associate crush with high school. We need to we need to back up. <laughs> Can we just someone just Okay. We we did it though. We already kind of said it. But <laughs> it was fucking saucy. I I don't know if we're recording like I think I just got a little hot. I think I'm a little hot about this whiteboard thing. <laughs> I'm not, can we go back? Because I seriously just thought I was doing a nice thing for the podcast by buying a whiteboard. (laughs) And the fact it's bigger so you can see the words better. And you want Taylor's smaller whiteboard? I just, 
Am I compensating for something with the size of my whiteboard? Probably. Wow. But nice and big on the whiteboard, our first topic is desperate or embarrassing things that we have done to impress somebody. Can we try something? I want to say welcome to Emotionally Available and you to say a podcast. Okay. Or And we could switch that off, but I, I think that is a good... <clears throat> Welcome to Emotionally Available. A podcast. We're going to talk about the desperate shit that I've done. In most recent history, (laughs) perhaps folks that were maybe on Instagram on April Fool's might have seen the time that I read in its fullness the 7,000 word queer Star Wars fan fiction that I wrote to impress my crush that I met on Hinge in 2019. Is that why you wrote that? Okay. I met somebody on Hinge. We really hit it off uh, for a couple months before I was going on vacation. We'd been hot and heavy for two months. Oof. And then I went on vacation for two weeks. Dare I say, maybe we missed each other. So we kept in touch while I was on vacation. Okay. In the time that we were apart, they made it very clear to me that they were a writer and they were interested in fan fiction and they had written a lot of fan fiction. And I was like, I could fucking write a fan fiction. And they were like, no, you can't. And I was like, fucking watch me. I spent the entirety of a flight to Australia, which is a very long flight. What is it, like 17 hours or something? It's got to be something like that. Or more, yeah. More, more. In Australia time, could be more. I spent the entirety of the flight writing this fan fiction. And when I say the entirety of the flight, I mean, I don't do well with jet lag and all that stuff. So I was trying to stay up the whole time. So I literally like maybe would like take like a 30 minute power nap and then be up and I'd be like typing away. I was in the air, so I didn't have access to Google. Thankfully, my Star Wars knowledge is so deep that it was not a problem. So I completely wrote this entire 7000 word fan fiction which would take place after the events of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It was about Kylo Ren and Admiral Hux from the Star Wars films falling in love and working at the same shopping mall together. Oh, God. <laughs> 7,000 words, people. And if you caught the live stream, it's not that bad. Says the author himself. That's what I do with all my cookbooks. These aren't that bad. You should really buy them. I'm very honest with things that I've made and things that were good and things that were bad. This one, I don't know. It was aight. There was something in there. As far as Star Star Wars fan fiction, it was aight. I think it was aight. I think there was something about my like new romantic sparky energy that kind of made its way in to the between the lines. And there's a lot of love in it, I think. It's not badly written. There's some character development. Did a good job of world building. Try and find a plot hole in it. I dare you. But I did do this very desperate thing to impress this crush. Got home. And I think we were going steady after that for like Seriously? five months. Did you read it to her? Yeah, absolutely. Sent it to them as soon as I got off the plane. Yeah. And they liked it. They did. Months later, they would be like, it was bad. <laughs> 
Because, yeah, I mean. it was. They thought it was like, okay. And for the sake of your relationship, we're just kind of pretending they liked it more than they did. And once things were south with you guys, they told you they didn't care for the fan fiction. Not when things went south. I think it was actually when things were really good. And they felt they could be honest. Yeah. It's so hard because there I've been in situations where whatever the interest of that person is, the hobby or the job even, and they're not like great at it. But then like when you're in the relationship and you really care for them, you're just like, well, who am I to say they're not great? Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like maybe they're just not for me, but it is so hard to be in a romantic relationship or even a friendship with someone where you're like, you're not that good at what you're doing or like you're kind of av- you're not as good as you think you are at what you're doing. Because like, trust me, there's room for improvement for all of us, right? Like there's so many things. I'm like, God, I need to get better. But you can always kind of tell someone who is going to improve. And then the person that's just like, you got to try something else. Needless to say, I've, I'm sure like I've been in situations, too, where whoever I'm dating is like, that girl's not as good as she thinks she is or whatever. But. I'm thinking specifically of musicians, guys who have just been like, your music's not as good as I need it to be in order to continue this relationship with you. Oh, I heard the subtext, Sarah. You don't want to be dating a musician whose music you really don't like, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Right? Because if you really don't like it. You're going to be going to a lot of shows. You're going to be going to a lot of shows. You're going to be hearing it a lot. You're going to be asked to collaborate in some way just by being with this person the couples where like one of them does something artistic and like the spouse will just never show up like oh he doesn't come to my shows it's like huh why i don't want that and if you want a story that goes this so my first boyfriend ever when i was a freshman in college and when i say boyfriend i dated this guy for like uh, a month maybe he was an aspiring bob dylan and he was so bad like painfully Ooh. bad fast forward he he lives in nashville Being bad at bob Yikes, <laughs> i was man. gonna say that Yikes. that's actually such a good point it's like to be bad like for something to say like you're bad at bob dylan i mean to some degree even bob dylan is pretty bad at bob dylan he was he did not give up the dream and he he got his degree in music business. He moved to Nashville to be a singer songwriter. He is oh, he has been Send us your bad Dylan's. He has been in Nashville this whole time. So for the last eleven years, he is still going to writers round. He has not gotten better one bit. The Ultimate ending to this story. I matched with someone on Hinge last spring. It was like beginning a pandemic. So we did like a phone call day. I actually never met this guy in person, but we followed each other on Instagram. I was like, he follows my ex-boyfriend and my ex-boyfriend follows him. So I had to bring it up on the phone. I was like, I need to ask, how do you know? And he told me that they'd like worked together in some capacity or had met each other at a party or whatever. They had become friends through mutual friends. Like they weren't in any way tight, but if they saw each other in public, they would say hi. So I kind of explained my side and I was like, was my first boyfriend. And I told him how insignificant it was in my life, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'm going to say something. It it might not, I don't want you to think of a certain way because I'm about to say something. And it was like this weird, like we both knew it. I was like, are you going to say that? It's the most awful musician. He's and he goes, "Oh my, this dude can't sing." And I'm like, "I know." Oh. <laughs> I was like, "I know." Even, even stranger. So it was just this wow. unbelievable like closure moment of like he's still out here. He's still a terrible musician, 
And now I'm meeting another romantic interest who also thinks he's a terrible musician. And after that, I absolutely swore, like, I cannot fuck around with someone whose music I don't care for. Or even it's like, if I don't like the genre, cool. But if you got no chops and you think you have chops, like, I didn't get a music degree to hang around with you. It definitely applies to other things besides music. I just knew that we were, <laughs> I just like felt yeah. it. I could feel that that's what Can you was. imagine dating a shitty painter? Well, sh- yeah, <laughs> shitty anything. Like, even, even... And it's a shame these people with desk jobs just get away with it. You know, no one's like auditing your skill set. No one's seeing that. But someone who's creating things and it's all being put out there and your partner can't see and appreciate those things and support you in those things. It kind of sets you up for failure to some degree. It's so true. Uh, Having been in a relationship like that where it was clear that not that the other person didn't support me, um, but it just I didn't play the style of music that they liked at all. And so they it was had very just, little to say about anything you were doing. Yeah. And I wasn't going to force it. And and that was OK. Uh, no, it wasn't actually deeply. Uh, it was not OK. I definitely need someone to like support me and be on board with the things that I'm doing. Everyone needs that. But especially those who have creative endeavors that are basically their professional livelihood. Right. Right. It's like it's different, too, if you were had a totally different career and then just did music in a hobby capacity but no I feel similarly where I'm like my work is like a fifth limb it's an extension of my being so if you don't like it's actually it's like like my work before you like me quite honestly if someone's not endorsing what I put out then I I just no way we stan a fan (laughs) I do need a lot of validation constantly (laughs) so if you're not gonna have pom-poms every now and again for the shit that I'm into like I do very much need that and I will provide it that's the other thing is that I will gas you up oh just as much more than anyone I know ideally you're doing stuff that I am interested in or, or that is interesting right and and it is so great when you meet someone who is like really fucking killing it in their field and is really yeah. passionate about it there's nothing more attractive uh, to me than that it's just seeing someone who is super driven and regardless of what the field is even if it's something that I know nothing about seeing someone talk about something they're super passionate about is very hot hearing someone radiate and get excited about what they love to do it's the coolest it's something that I like about our group of friends is that I feel like we all are excited about the things that we're doing. Unapologetically stoked about whatever we happen to be into that day. Well, and I think we have enough variation that while we do share similar interests, we're all individual. So yeah. there's different things to get excited about. It's not always just the same thing. Yeah. We got that common denominator. But so you. Me. I was going to say Bobby. <laughs> it is Bobby, though, isn't it? Saying you have a, a big way of shanghaiing the group and like taking ownership of it. How did you say it before? I think you before you've called me the driver or you're a driver. Oh, that's just a personality type thing. Disc. That's what it is. The disc types. And so there's the driver, the something I don't remember, and the other two things I don't remember. But we... We got the D. You And I remember this because I'm a driver and you are definitely a driver. At least we got the D. <laughs> Disc types are dominant, inspiring, supportive, and cautious. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think found. I'm an S. I'm a I think you are too. And because I was having the thought that Bobby definitely is an S. And S and D's get along pretty well, I think is. I... That's us, just S and D's. <laughs> what a combo. It would light my world. If... Like sucking dicks. <laughs> 
I think you mean discs. <laughs> I think you have another desperate story to tell us. When I was like going through my thought memories of what story I could tell, because I'm not big on putting myself out there or doing much to impress people. I like to close it all off until further notice. Um, when I was on my Bumble rampage, my Bumble-a-thon in 2017, I was swiping through one night and there was a cast member of Hamilton on the app. The Hamilton? Like Hamilton the Musical, original touring cast. That was his job. And I was like, I'm going to get tickets. <laughs> and so, like, make no mistake, I fully had an agenda. Um, oh, you knew you were not interested. I wasn't not. I, I could not separate the two of being like, this guy's in Hamilton. I don't want to pay $900 for these sold out tickets. And also, like, there was no separation. It was just that's what I was seeing. But he also, like, he was attractive and he went to Juilliard and pictures were of him dancing. So I was, like, legitimately impressed on top of it. Mm. Um, so we matched and he was impressed that I was a conductor. You know, we had a lot in common given the similarities in going to music school, except obviously he did dance and I did music. So I agreed to meet him at a bar to have a drink in the afternoon or whatever there's three kind of reactions you can have when you meet someone right it's either like i'm gonna be super into this oh my gosh why am i here and then just the middle ground let's see what happens right and it was definitely a let's see what happens mm. and he was he was like we had a good conversation i was super interested in everything he did tried to talk as much as possible about hamilton without making it obvious that I was only there to get Hamilton tickets. You had a plan. And as we were talking about signs a couple episodes ago, I've always felt that my, a lot of like, quote unquote signs I get come through my car or like vehicles. Sure enough, we had our first date. I'm leaving. Walks me out to my car. It had been totally broken into. <laughs> Just glass all over the street. Someone broke into your car? Well, it's a rite of passage in San Francisco, but it was the only time in my life. My car's been broken into and all the windows were just smashed out, everything taken out of it. So I was like, I wonder what that says about where this relationship is going. You were on a date with a cast member from Hamilton and someone broke into your car. Sure did. We agreed on going on a second date and he suggested that we go to a hip hop dance class. It was on a Sunday because that was the one day they didn't do shows for Hamilton. So he's like, I'm not dancing that day. This choreographer I used to work with is teaching like an all levels hip hop class at City Dance in San Francisco. Why don't you come with me? It's like, absolutely. For and a second date? <laughs> dance class? Dance class and is like what you save when like the fire is gone and you're trying to like <laughs> rekindle something. At that time in my life, because I was living in Oakland, which has a very uh, robust hip-hop culture, and I was totally transfixed with like all these hip-hop dance videos that were just starting to come up on Instagram, so I was watching a lot of those. Make no mistake, I still have a total pipe dream of becoming a really proficient hip-hop dancer. I was really leaning into the hip-hop culture. Well, you were leaning into the hip-hop culture in the way that I was really into <laughs> fan fiction for a second. <laughs> like, no, exactly. It was like, all based in this crush, right? Like, But no, that's the thing. It was like prior to meeting this guy, I just was becoming aware of the things I liked about Oh, you're saying Oakland. this was happening before? Yeah, so this wasn't out of nowhere. Oh, I totally misunderstood that. Never mind. I'm no, you didn't totally misunderstand, but... But, a good point about this thing. Um, it's not even a point. It was just okay. kind of serendipitous that I had been becoming interested a little bit. And by interested, I mean watching videos on Instagram of hip hop dancers and listening to more hip hop music and then meeting this guy who was like, hey, why don't we go to this all levels hip hop class? I was so excited. I assumed that having two degrees in music would somehow translate 
into being able to dance at least a little bit or being able to pick it up. And he assured me it was going to be all levels. The combos were going to be easy. So I was getting ready. I was like, what am I going to wear to this? I texted my dad. I was like, dad, what, what do I wear to this hip hop dance class? And he sent me a YouTube video of Elaine from Seinfeld doing the Elaine dance. <laughs> the little kicks. <laughs> That's how I dance. <laughs> and I'm a, I only have one degree in music, so I'm... The more people I told about this, the more like responses I was getting that made me aware of why this could go terribly awry. And so anyway, show up. Class was packed. And I don't know if you know how hip hop dances work or dance classes work, because I sure as hell didn't. Honey, I don't know how any dances work. <laughs> you basically just go into a room and you face the mirror and everyone just has their spot and it can be packed like sardines. And it's pretty much monkey see monkey do and the instructor will like break down the eight count at a pretty slow tempo I can count and then <laughs> that's what i thought too right then they speed it up you follow it when they speed it up and they're like all right time we're putting the music on five six seven eight and then you hit the eight count combo to the music and then you learn the next eight count and then in you know the hour and a half class you have like a 64 count combo that you're supposed to be able to do easily, right? Oh, no, no, no. So I remember the song was Swish, Swish, Bitch by Katy Perry. Oh, that song is terrible. It's like <laughs> Katy Perry like discovered a word. And she was like, I will put this in a song. And it will be a hit. Because it's popular. Because it's a popular word. It's like someone naming a song Simp. Fucking ridiculous. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong after you learned all 64 counts how'd, how'd, how'd this turn out you say that like i got anywhere near 64 counts <laughs> at so what point did you tap out i started the class like within a few people of the guy i was on this date with by the end of the class i had strategically distanced myself as far from him as possible because i just did not want him to see me doing this and then at the end of class isn't there a mirror on the wall? There's a mirror, but like it's a big wall. I just could not have him watching me because it became after the first eight count was laid out for us, it was immediately apparent I was so in over my head. I was like, I can't even get three counts into this. This is mayhem. And I oh god. I'm just imagining you trying to dance hip hop. So at the end of the class, what happens is that they bring out like small groups to demonstrate the dance they've learned. You're the Jabberwockies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone do it like that. You saw the Jabberwockies, how they did it. Here's the thing. And, they, and this is why all these videos are on Instagram. Like they start with the strongest dancers and they do their count and then the music just turns over and then they bring in the next group. And so, of course, because I'm with a fucking cast member of Hamilton, he <laughs> nails this like it's nothing, you know, and I have spent the last hour just drip and your girl doesn't sweat. I was dripping sweat. A girl was sweaty. No, I mean, like me in particular, like I don't want to get gross. Like I don't sweat. Like I just don't get overheated. I'm freezing in this room. No, I was slick. <laughs> I got a slick, slick seal. A slick hip hop seal. Real band or fake band? Definitely real. We'll at least call the single that. I was so embarrassed. And he hits the combo and then it came my turn and they're like, I had to do this. It was 
again, I he was on the right side. I remember so clearly, like he was on the right side of the room. I was at the leftmost corner, as near to the door as I could possibly be, in in case I had to make a break for it and just pretend like I wasn't on a date. Did this combo? It was nightmarish. Um, got out of class, picked up my phone, and I had something like four or five text messages from people who had known I was going on this date, being like, "So, Sarah, is he still there?" Like, just thought he was going to abandon me um <laughs> actually i think what they should have been asking is are you still there you were plotting to escape <laughs> i'm amazed you stayed for the whole time such that i'm just imagining he goes into the dance class with you slowly starts losing sight of you but then you think that you have escaped his field of vision but there's a mirror on the wall so he <laughs> sees you leave out the back exit needless to say survived he was and i didn't know what words to come at him with after that just be like that was fun it wasn't fun it was mortifying but he was so sweet he was just like no you did great you did great and he introduced me to the choreographer and i ended up like we he was my boyfriend like we labeled that we dated for three months (laughs) right we can count on one hand after this (laughs) <laughs> this Bob Dylan impersonator—that Dylan. was boyfriend number one—and then um, Hamilton Charles Lee was number two. I'm a general. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you know the specific line. Um, oh, I fucks with Hamilton. Right. <laughs> I teach a whole course on Hamilton. <laughs> this may be controversial. Sure. I think in the Heights is better than Hamilton. That's not controversial. I will go off on both. I think Hamilton is a more refined, better written musical because obviously Lin-Manuel Miranda was much older, but In the Heights fucking rips. Like, And that is part of this story. Dated Charles Lee for three months, um, in which time he... Sorry, I just, I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't have to put another bleep in. The bleeps take a long time. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I dated Charles Lee for about three months, during which time he actually broke his wrist doing a dive roll in the musical. And so he had to take a six week break from being in Hamilton, which like fine by me because he broke it on stage on stage. And he did during the rest a of performance. The show. Mm-hmm. He did the rest of the show. Yeah. And Is he single? <laughs> he was out for like six weeks. We dated actually defined the relationship i guess um i got my hamilton tickets through his friend and family discount he still made me pay 185 dollars what for the ticket how long had you been dating three and a half months three and a half months he couldn't show out 180 dollars well that is what what is he some kind of performer that is what everybody i told this said to me they're like he should have paid for it and i was like no it's a lot of money he should have paid for it. For yeah. For fuck's sake. Sarah, so you liked this person because you went in thinking the only fucking reason I'm here is for free Hamilton tickets. Right. No, and I then, genuinely. And then he said they're $180 and you paid it. To answer your question, yes, I genuinely liked him. Like, oh, obviously man. would not have dated him. I'll get to that as well. But I saw Hamilton. It was probably the single best live performance of anything I've seen in my life. I agree. Worth every bit of the hype. Um, but I knew something was up and 
that night we get in the uber with his roommate which was odd his mom was unannounced in town and he introduced me to his mother and then he broke up with me immediately after his reasoning being hamilton was moving to its next stage on the tour which was los angeles and he did not want a long distance relationship and i was like okay this is made worse by the fact that a month and a half after we broke up he met a ballerina in los angeles like one of the dancers with the los angeles ballet company who tours the whole goddamn world for ballet doing shows in germany and denmark and all these foreign places He's still touring with Hamilton, going all over the United States, doing each city for three weeks at a time, a month and a half after breaking up with me. And as far as I know, was with her for like two and a half to three years because this was four years ago and he's totally disappeared off social media. But who's counting, right, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) He has totally disappeared off social media. The only updates I know and get on him is because my mother will be like, did you see that cast in West Side Story. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Your mom is still keeping tabs on him. My mother will still keep tabs on people I lived with in college who like made me replace a dish or some crazy like college roommate bullshit. She'll be like, did you see that so-and-so started a blog? I don't think it's very good. She nuts. She nuts. I think she really might work for the FBI. No one's coming on this podcast until all three of my cats are on and Sarah's mom and then you can go. (laughs) One day she'll call in the middle of the podcast and I will answer and we can all hear her voice. That sounds exactly how I impersonate her voice. But he essentially, yeah, got in a relationship with this girl. But to answer the in the heights dispute, I've noticed I have this odd thing of when I leave a relationship or situationship, whatever, I... I don't know if it's like a competitiveness, but I kind of like go on the track of whatever the particular guy was about. It's like, I don't know if it's like this weird way of not letting go, but like whatever was their interest in their hobbies, like even if I'm like totally past them, like their interest or hobby becomes an interest or hobby of mine. Or I like try to one up them. Like for instance, I dated this director and that's how we met because I was the stylist on something he was directing. And after that, I was like, that was a dumpster fire of an ending. So I was just like, I'm going to get into way better commercials than he is. Like it was this weird competitiveness. Um, In this particular instance with Charles Lee, I think it was out of everyone I've ever dated, there are only two who I still care for and probably always will. Um, and he's one of them. Like, nothing bad to say about him. I know yeah. Wyatt, obviously, like you were saying Wait, I'm about sorry, why are, you, why are you bringing up Wyatt? <laughs> Dude. Did you date Wyatt, too? <laughs> Wyatt, who works at the bleep? Oh, my gosh. Sorry, you know Wyatt what? Right. Um, out of everyone I've ever dated, which has been <laughs> quite a number, there are only two who I still care for in know some way and probably always will even with charles lee like i'm very happy this did not work out um for so many reasons he did me a favor by ending it when he did but he's one person like i will always wish him well and care about him and what he meant to me you're friends um so we're not friends i've like i said last i heard he was going to be in the broadway production of west side story but obviously the pandemic upended all of that so i have No clue where he is, no clue what he's doing, but whatever it is, I do care about him deeply and hope he's doing well. After we broke up, in that being like the first breakup that ever felt like a breakup to me. I'm sorry. I Thank you. The first breakup's the hardest, so. In missing him and I think still wanting to 
feel some kind of attachment to him. I tried to learn how to dance. Like I went to hip hop classes voluntarily and trust I never got any better. Like it continued to be a mess. But then I saw that there was a theater company in the Los Angeles area that was casting in the Heights. And I was like, I'm definitely going to audition. Whoa. <laughs> because for this fully Puerto Rican Dominican cast, I think I can pass if I dye my hair. That was what my brain was truly honestly thinking. That took a turn. Wow. I went from being <laughs> proud of you to a little sus. <laughs> In Which my is sort of <laughs> part of the part of our friendship. <laughs> True that. In my post breakup delirium, I seriously convinced myself that I could go down to Los Angeles and pass as at least half Puerto Rican woman to audition for In the Heights. I learned the whole song "Breathe" by the lead female character. I was so ready. <laughs> I went. I drove all the way down. Who's the, the lead female character? I don't remember off the top of my head. It kills me that I'm... Yeah. Wow, Taylor, some real strong words about In the Heights and you don't know the lead female characters. I can't believe it. I know the song, Just Breathe. That's the song I auditioned with. (laughs) Is it like... It's a beautiful song and that's the one I sang. Vanessa, right, is is the the bitch. I was going to say Vanessa. Nina. 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 Duh. Okay. You sang Nina's song. I sang Nina's song. I drove six hours down to Los Angeles. I got an Airbnb at a witch's cottage in Koreatown and drove out. Takes a witch to see a witch. <laughs> that whole section is going. <laughs> um, except now I find that when I when we've said on the podcast, we're going to cut that out. There have been a couple instances now where you've left it in. Oh, yeah. This is a bit. We're aware this is a bit, right? When I say I'm going to cut something out and I don't and I leave the part where I say I'm going to cut it out. out. (laughs) I I just really hope I can trust you in the parts that genuinely need to be cut out, get cut out. Um, That's why I send it to you guys. And you send me the timestamps. I would never. Right. Um, Yes. We can cut that whole thing out. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) So from my Airbnb in Koreatown, I drove an hour down to this audition in Long Beach. I sang for seven seconds and they were like no thank you and i shuttled right out and i was not cast i'm sorry as a lead and in the heights the musical can you believe me sarah mayos (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) me You are seriously one of those white people that is taking advantage of the 16th of what their heritage is or something. Let me tell you. It's the double L in your name. It is. And in California, I was in California, like the dentist office would call me and they'd be like, Mayos, when I worked as the director of music at a church in an 80% Latino community, I was the music ministra Sarah Mayos. Yeah, really get get in there. Taylor's paging through the script for the play that I'm sound designing right now. <laughs> that, that's part of your sound design, paging. They filmed it all in Zoom wow. and used green screens and stitched it all together. That's cool. It's Impressive literally as as- astonishing. Wow. I'm I'm very excited to be working on it. It's taking a lot of my time, and like I'm my hair is turning a little gray, but it is exciting to you be doing. You look great. Oh, thank you. I haven't been taking care of myself. You look great. <laughs> right. I don't think you have gray hairs. I do. I have like a couple. Just today I had the conscious thought 
I haven't found a gray hair yet. And I was really proud of that. But I feel like because I just had that conscious thought that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and have a gray hair. You want some more frantic phone calls from me? Because <laughs> that'll turn your hair no. gray real quick. <laughs> Those give me life, honestly. Like, absolutely imminent phone calls. Both Sarah and Bobby, I don't say hello to when they've... <laughs> so true I, it's, I can't text anymore my fingers are so sweaty okay so that's how it starts it's either i will directly continue the conversation from the last thing they texted me or i'll just come in hot with like a statement to finish the thought Something that was going on in your head blue yeah yeah um keeps it interesting but you want to sure hear does. some embarrassing stories about desperate things Please. that i've done to Get impress to, bullet point to impress my crushes let's hear um, about that time you broke your ankle <sighs> trying to kiss a girl you know what's amazing is someone heard the first episode of the podcast and then texted me have you told the broken ankle story <laughs> and i i said i have not and i absolutely need to um and i'm so glad that they reached out and reminded me of this incredible tale <laughs> thank you listeners we'll start by mentioning by name my friend Tommy Power. We didn't go to high school together. We tell people we did because it's easier to explain than we went to neighboring high schools and were in the same emo band together for two <laughs> years in Rochester, New York. Tommy Power, check him out on Spotify. He has an album out, EP, You Me the Sea. Taylor mastered it. <laughs> I mixed it. Nice. There it is. Uh, and I bring up Tommy Power, uh, who has a theme song, by the way, by an Italian rap artist. Tommy Power. Just putting that out there. He would have these bonfires and the, uh, they would happen in the fall because there was this fall carnival that would happen in Victor, New York. Mm -hmm. We'd hang around by the fire. Everyone would be lit. And I was very much crushing on this girl. This was, I guess, the, one of the breaks back from college. So there would be this fall carnival, and it was so fucking fun. We would get lit, then we would go and ride carnival rides, eat hot dogs, maybe puke. It was so fun. And I was so excited because I was back home from college, and this girl who I was crushing on so much, who was into theater, and she was a writer, and I was just like, oh, everything attractive. And it was her birthday the week before, and... I remember that I was really late to her birthday party, so I retroactively bought a rose at Wegmans. I'd given her a rose. Oh, you so, are so the type to casually give a girl a rose in you, college. Absolutely. Okay. I knew that uh, she was going to Tommy's Bonfire and the carnival, and I had told her that you know I would see her there. Uh, and I was like, no matter what happens tonight, I'm going to make out. <laughs> That is what is going to happen. I will do whatever it takes. <laughs> so that night, the bonfire got pretty lit. Literally, the fire was bigger than it normally was. Lit. Truly. Oh. The drummer in my band at the time was very showy, both on stage and off. And I love him dearly. He decided that he was going to start a let's jump over the bonfire competition mm -hmm. where <laughs> essentially 
everybody loses no matter what happens. Taylor is like oh reacting. S- That's such a like, so extensively. High school college guy thing. We're gonna jump over this bonfire and it's going to look very impressive. What's the point? It was the young Good college point. guy equivalent of a peacock, just like <laughs> There was a sort of train of dumbass college bros jumping over this bonfire. I was talking to this person that I was crushing on while this was happening. I will say, when you're drunk, you get super gregarious. I'm pretty gregarious to begin with. Exactly. And then you get more so. But it's always fun and usually safe. Right. No, you're never like destructive or anything. You're just big and happy and gregarious. Usually safe. I'm talking to her and I am all jazzed and I think that I can do anything. Honestly, the fire has died down a little bit too. Like I was kind of late to the party, right? So I'm like, "Mm, it's not that high a jump, not a very big fire pit. So I got this. Essentially, I'm like, check this out. Right? (laughs) And then... Let me kill the synth solo. And by kill the synth solo, I mean I'm going to jump over this bonfire after all these other sweaty dudes do it. (laughs) And I did. And it wasn't that big, so I cleared it. And then when I landed, I realized that there was like a brick from the fire pit that had like fallen to the side. And I landed just like the wrong way on the brick. Mm -hmm. I knew something was wrong. And I went to try and get up. (laughs) (laughs) and super confident also very inebriated so not really feeling anything uh i went i stood up with one leg and i was fine and then i went to put weight on the other leg and i was like (laughs) i realized that something had gone horribly wrong between my ankle and the brick there would be no second there would be no second date Mm -hmm. uh in fact i would then hobble over to the nearest chair sit down and basically be like i think i fucked my ankle up uh i made sure to do this out of you i went over to some adults who knew what they were doing someone took a look at my ankle which was blimping up and said uh yeah you definitely sprained that essentially you need to go to the emergency room to get a a proper cast on that i look at that person in the face and i say i haven't made out with yet At this point, someone's older sister has come over, and we have a pretty good rapport. And they're just like, wait, what? What's the deal? And I'm like, I can't go to the emergency room right now because I haven't made out with yet. So this lovely angel hands me a solo cup and proceeds to fill it with Barton's vodka. Barton's. To the brim and basically goes, well, this should buy you some time. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, bottoms up. (laughs) So I knock back a full solo cup of vodka and then go to Tommy and I'm like, I need you to help me get to. And so I kind of like put my arm over her shoulder and he hobbles me over to her. 
Um, and she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm doing fine. Just need to kind of rest it. Maybe we should like lie down in the grass though. Oh my God. Because standing <laughs> is very difficult. There we were. And there we made out. And That's all you had to do was like, hey girl, let's lie down in the grass. Well, it wasn't like immediate. Like we had some banter. At that point, that's why it was so frustrating, because it was about to happen. So at that point, it was just about getting there. Like, physically. Physically. From point A to point B. David, I am I'm so proud of you. I did it, you know? Like, it was a real commitment <laughs> to the goal. I, I resolved... I had resolved before it happened that I had to make out with her. And then, as soon as we finished making out, she was like, I have to go. Uh, my ride is here. And I was just like, so is mine. <laughs> no. <And> then... <laughs> when, we write Hello, this, when we write this into the rom-com, that will be when the ambulance pulls up. But in actuality, it was uh, a couple of my friends uh, took me home. Mm-hmm. So the closest thing to a solution that we could come up with was getting me to my house to then wake up my parents and then have them drive their very drunk son to the emergency room which they did and for some reason did not suspect that i was drunk i don't know why i did a couple things when i got home i got my game boy i smoked some pot and then i got in the car to go to the emergency room did you just tell your parents like mom and dad i was at a party i broke my ankle I think my friends just said, yeah, he he tried to jump over the bonfire. And, okay, so they knew you were, I mean, because you were but, in college. Which I is think. like a thing that, you know, I would have done sober. I had that level of low self-esteem. That's something I would have done sober. The whole thing was that my friends drove me home to my parents while I was very drunk. And I didn't give a fuck because I was so jazzed because I fucking did it you know I was walking on sunshine I got the first name of everybody in the emergency room and I was like we're friends I was like what's like, what's your deal hey what what you in for you having a good night yeah like what's up what's good you you, you had over the vending machine you need something like I was making friends with everybody I get in there the doctor takes one look at me looks at my friends and my parents and goes did he take something and <laughs> And the last thing I remember is that I kind of sat up in the hospital bed and I went, no, I was just. And then the next thing I remember, I woke up in my bed with a splint on my oh ankle my God. with a grin, a shit eating grin on my face <laughs> because I did make out. with. What's the epilogue? Did anything come of? How long did it take for this ankle to heal? Do you look back on it and think I wouldn't change a thing? We had kind of an on again, off again thing in college. We liked a lot of the same music and like we read a lot of the same stuff. We liked some of the same movies and were really nerdy. And but I think I I think I probably goofed that up. And then we were in college in different places and um, it just didn't work out, I think, in the end. But um, there she is. You found her on Instagram? Let me see. Oh, oh she is so your type you have this like 
Oh my god, it's so recognizable at this point to me. Well, the fact that she even like listened to the podcast and told you to tell that story. That was the thing is she liked the music that I made in high school, so she continued to like the music that I was making, you know, in college and now. She was actually so into the acoustic rock opera that I wrote uh, in my dorm room my freshman year of college at Ithaca um, that she actually figured out. Like, it was a rock opera. Like, there was like a story that I had written. Uh, I don't doubt it for a second. I'm not surprised anymore. Made to be a musical. Um, and she had figured out the whole plot and like wrote it all out and like texted it to me. And, like, is this the story? And I was oh like, you God. are honestly like 75% right on all of this. Talk about n- number one fan. We stand a fan. Um, you get it? Because it means we're fans of fans. Totally a topic we might have to do next episode because the fact that you remain friends with because you've lost them. Like, you stay in contact with a lot of people you've dated or, like, had things with. When I was thinking about this earlier, like, I knew, like, I don't really remain in contact with anyone. But as you were talking just now, I'm thinking, I do not have a single guy in my life who I have made out with who I still talk to. Like, or have wow. any kind of, like, even relation with, like, social media. Any Like, not a single one. So before we wrap, can I bring it back to something you said earlier? You said that when you broke up with Charles Lee, (laughs) you went out and you took hip hop classes and made that a part of your narrative and like kind of claimed that as something that you took away from that experience and you owned it and you like made it your you made it your own. Um, It is part of what I think that is part of what it is. It's this me personally getting closure because I'm not the type to think I'm ever going to get closure from another person. So I find closure in like how you said in my own narrative. A really great thing that kind of organically came up on the episode today is the things that you take away from a relationship. Are there parts of the relationship that you keep a part of your life after that? Like a very surface level example being like someone showed you a band. Do you keep listening to that band after you break up with that person? There's a lot to unpack there, whether it's hip hop dance classes or keeping in touch with someone's dad. (laughs) (laughs) There are things you take away from a relationship, and that might be a good thing to explore next time. And let it be known, this pipe dream came partial reality because I was in a hip hop music video this fall, and that drops this summer. And that's not a joke. Do we have a date? I don't have the date, but it is... By Big O, Omar Gooding, or Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother, Damn. Omar Gooding. The movie is Trap City. Omar Gooding? Omar Gooding. The Omar Gooding? I danced a hip-hop dance combo in a real-life music video. Sarah! Oh what a happy God. ending. So, to if this... you see me out in public... What? No, your girl did it. <laughs> fucking get the Jabberwockies on the phone tomorrow. <laughs> what? That's such a happy ending, Sarah. Fucking, that's Trust awesome. Me, you don't want any tight angles on that dancing, for sure. Okay. I was very background noise. So maybe she's in the background, but she's doing it. You got to make out with I got to be in a hip-hop music video. And thank you, Charles Lee. Wherever you are, because you don't For inspiring to- that, and thank you, for giving me this, you know, that's how far I would go for someone. So I think we can say, in homage to them both, I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm a general! Whee!